Let's talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. How y'all doing out there today? How's everybody feeling on this warm and comfortable Friday afternoon? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say it's warm and comfortable. But I know what some of you are going through. You can believe you me. 100 and some degrees out here. And ain't nobody got no air enough to keep it cool. Woo! Talking about hot. Hot is hot. Regardless of where you at right now, it is just smoking out here. Yes, sir, buddy. So anyway, welcome to the show. Glad you can make it with us on this Friday afternoon to spend a little time with me and my co-host, P. Ross, as we get ready to do the dang on thing, because we got a good show for you today, y'all. We have an outstanding show planned for you today, and we, we man, I, you know what? Woo! Just put it this way. We got an outstanding show planned for you today. And we got all kind of wonderful topics to talk to you about. You know, we, we got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. We got some dang good music for you today. <laughs> yes, sir, buddy. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Papa John, affirmative action, um, Supreme Court appointee, nominee, um, what's his name, Brett Kavanaugh, or whatever his name is. Uh, Papa John's owner, and of course, you know, you got 45 and his great, great things going on. You know what I mean? Good, good, good. Uh, you know, you got 45 and all his great stuff going on. So, you know, with all that, what else do you need besides me and P. Ross here to help you bring in your Friday afternoon the right way? And that's right, I said the right way, you know, because, you know, we try, we, we do our bestices to make sure that you have all, all the correct information that you may need to form a more suitable analogy, analysis, I should say, of the situations at hand that is happening in your area or your country or your state or whatever you live in at your hole in the wall. So you have a better understanding of what's going on around you. Now, we do understand sometimes, just sometimes, you know, we can't get it all to you. But that's why we always say, what? Go ahead and get your your, your research on. That's right, because we want you to get your research on. Because when you do a little research, we do a little research. Hey, and together, together, we can make some things happen. You know what I mean? So, with all that being said, welcome to the show. <laughs> now, let me tell you how you can be a part of a show, of the show, not a part of a show, a part of this show. And it's simple. The easiest way is just call me, y'all. Call us at 347-838-8622. That's all you got to do. 
That's all you got to do. 347-838-8622. Press number one on your keypad. Once you press number one on your keypad, hey, we know you're there. We know you want to talk to us. And if you want to talk to us, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. And we make some things happen. <laughs> see how easy that would be? Um, let's see. You can email us at ericletstalk at gmail.com. And if you just want to email the co-host, P. Ross herself, it's P. Leona, L-E-O-N-A, dot Ross24 at gmail.com. You know, if you don't want me to know what you're saying, hey, just let her know. Hey, I want to just keep it private between us. And, um, you know, she should keep your confidence. I'm, I'm quite sure. Okay, um, let's see. For some reason, I have to get with P. Ross on this. Maybe she can get in the chat room. For some reason, I still can't get in the chat room. Um, I don't know. It looks like, um, it looks like, uh, you know, these people have changed their, 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 their way of handling things again at Blog Talk Radio. So I'm trying to figure out how I can get in just like you are right now. So if you're attempting to get in, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I want to. I want you to make that happen, okay? Because I'm attempting, and if I get in, I'll let you know. And together, we would make it happen. All right. So those are all the ways. Those are all the ways you can um, be in the show today. And I love, I love. We would love to hear from you as far as what's going on. You know what I mean? What's going on with you? All right, so with all that being said, y'all know I get to talking sometimes because I just get to rambling. Let me bring my co-host in, the wonderful, the lovely, the logical one of the show, P. Ross in the house. P. Ross, what's going on? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I see I'm you doing great. wonderful. I yes, of that. course I is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on with the eighth grade education now. Come on up to ninth grade at least. Of course I am. Come on now. You got to do a little bit better. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course I is. It's the proper pronunciation of saying it. Of course I is. Nice. You know, it's just a, yeah, it just depends on where you. It just depends on where you're from. You know that. Because some places, uh, how come some places say take me to the store? Some people say some other places say bring me to the store. Right. Just depends on where you are. Okay. All right. You, I'll give you that one. Okay. Thank you. you. See? I'll give, give you that yeah, one. Okay. But you know. Yeah, Brain was one. Uh, what? <laughs> you know that. Uh, uh, I know not what I speak of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Don't go, don't go all Shakespearean now. <laughs> I didn't know who that was. That that just sounded good when I said it did. Ah. <laughs> nah, that was good though. But yeah. yeah we got, so um, we got a lot of we got a lot of information, you know, to talk about today, especially about um forty five and his goings on and, and, and stuff. Um gonna look at, 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 at Papa John's and, and is it and and and, and is it really is it is it is it is it really all about that? You know, I mean, come on now. 
when we think about it, if it was a training, and he, and he just used the word as an illustration, we really need to take it to the, to, to the limit like that? But we don't, we don't, we don't discuss that. We don't look at the facts. We don't see the history, and we're gonna let you bring in your opinion, and 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 you decide, you decide. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it ain't all what it seems. It's just a big smoke screen, mm-hmm. you know. Because they want they want to get you to think one way, you know, bring you mm-hmm. into their, their core of thinking. But is that the reality of what it is, or right. has it been blown mm-hmm. out of proportion? Has it really been blown mm. There's some things to think about. There's some things to mm-hmm. think about. You know, because when we stand up in a court of law, you say we want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Ah, we ain't got the truth. Can't right handle the truth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So we're going to be delving into that. We're going to be looking into that and, and, and just see. We're going to throw it all in the wash and see how it comes out. Yeah, yeah, you know what, and that that is so so right, and and like you said, it, it continuously there's stuff thrown out there, thrown out there, and thrown out there, and with anything that's and is you know newsworthy, is they just throw it out there like in in a big old flash, bam, it's there. But in order to understand what's going on now, you have to go back and look at the history of what has transpired up until this point to get to right. where they are now. Yeah. Right. And um, um, a lot of people don't do that. Let's nope. be honest. A lot of people do not do that. But today we're going to do that because that's mm-hmm. what we're here for, you know? Yeah. That's what we are here for. So that that is a great thing. Um, affirmative action, you know, we, we got to do our thing on affirmative action. I think that's something – that a lot of people want to talk about as well, you know. Oh, since you are, since you are in um in the chat room, and I'm not, you know, the chat room is yours today. I guess I got to figure out why I can't get in the chat room all of a sudden. I got three computers up and running, but I can't get in the chat room. That's crazy. That is that, crazy. That is just crazy. Yeah. Especially when you, you know. You're the host, <laughs> and they won't let you. <laughs> oh, no, no. I know, right? Let me ask you a question: Who the heck did you offend? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know who I offended, but oh well. I'm kiss off, kiss on them some more. I don't care. You know. <laughs> I mean, that's a shame. I'm the host. I can't get in the chat room, but the co-host can get in the chat room. What kind of mess is that? But you know what? It's okay. Great. See, there it is. That's that eighth grade education. See, don't even know how to <laughs> Uh huh. See, now you see, there you go. All right. Oh, wow. <laughs> I want to welcome guest 171. Interesting. Guest 171 to the chat room. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Uh, if you, you know. Hey, if you want to talk about some things, let's talk about some things, all right? Um, before we go any further, y'all, y'all know it's that time. It's that time that we got to bring you some music, man, because it's Friday, and everybody's at work, and hanging out, and you want to hear some good music. And I got some music for you today. 
that is going to surprise some of you. I'm introducing this to some of you. And uh, it's nice. It is really nice. Yes, it is. And uh, it has a meaning for some of you. You know, sometimes your music have have special meanings to individuals. Not everybody's gonna get the same message or what have you, but it's okay. It's okay. If it touches you, it touches you. If it don't, it don't. But life goes on. But that's not the song. All right. Anyway, I introduced this young man to y'all a couple of years ago uh, when he first came out with his first album that happened to be nominated for a Grammy. His first album was nominated for a Grammy. Where he's back with a second one, and uh, this one is even better than the first one. So I introduced the song, present the others, and for those that already know, here's Mr. Jameson Ross. Call me. Enjoy, baby, because I know I am. That feeling she calls me I said I'm sitting down at the 
when she called me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was it, baby. That was it. Hey, y'all know y'all got this special someone that you get all excited about when you hear that phone ring. You look down and see their name or their face looking at you, and you get to smiling and giggling, be like, hee Like, yeah, that's my baby calling right there. Hey, I'm feeling that song right there. I'm feeling that song. That's Mr. Jameson Ross, y'all. Hey, check him out. The boy is bad. You hear me? The boy is bad. Uh-huh. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. What a nice jam that was. I enjoyed that. I really did. You know what? I, I Okay, I kind of hit my co-host on the side of the head with it because she really didn't know I was going to play this song. But uh, I got to bring a hand on that one. Girl, did you hear Pete? Did you hear Mr. Ross do his thing on that song? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes. Can I let you know, please? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Now, for oh, those who are trying to figure out what the heck is wrong with me and P. Ross, um, yeah. You got we're related to Mr. David Ross. Yeah, I'm going to bring yeah. it on down to him. Yeah, we're related to Mr. Ross. Mr. Ross is my nephew, and uh, my he cousin. is P. Ross's cousin. Yes. So, that's why I didn't tell I was going to play his music today. Yeah, but um, <laughs> the boy is sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think she ever heard his song, his music anyway. So I thought I'd hit her. Yes, I have heard his music before. I actually have. Okay. okay. Well, I didn't know, but, yeah, it was. Hey, well, that's yeah. a nice jam, though. That's it a nice is. jam. I like that. I like you know. that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and y'all, y'all know what though? And we gonna move on here, you know. But since he is my relative, I got to promote the child. You know, y'all think he's good, but you should hear his mama. Yeah, my sister. She hear her, and his grandmama. His grandma was even better than both of them put together. But you know, may she rest in peace. Love my heart. But uh, yeah. So, oh yeah. So if y'all out there on YouTube. Look up Mr. Jameson Ross, J-A-M-I-S-O-N. His music is out there. And, uh, yeah, enjoy. It. You know, good kid, good kid. Huh? I said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Quite a bit of it is out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I got, um, yeah, I got a couple other songs I'm going to play a little later on. You know, of course, but right now we're not going to play that anymore. We're not going to do that anymore. It's that time, it's that time for P. Ross to take the stage. They're ready to get ready to do her thing and spread us the what the black history moment. Take it away, P. Ross. You got me with All the right, thing now. Go for it. The black um, history moment um, for today is about the 24th Infantry Regiment which was one of four all-black regiments created after the Civil War. Y'all ain't know that, did you? Now, it was created in 1869, um, and it, it was composed of black enlisted men and mostly white officers until 1951 when it was dis- disbanded um, during the Korean War, after claims of dissent and cowardice were made against the unit due to the race of the enlisted men. Now, let me tell you what that means. It means that the black soldiers 
was at the front line and they left. They decided we ain't finna, we not finna fight. So they went and obeyed the 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 officers because you know they was basically being you know sent on suicidal missions, so to speak. But the white officers, you know, they said that okay, you're you're cowards, you know. So a lot of them that were caught after they left, of course, um, received dishonorable discharges or, or what have you. Uh, but in 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 retrospect, um, they were not cowards because there were there were some who stayed and some who 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 had some very heroic actions and even received medals. Um, in June of 1950, some of the units crossed over. The units crossed over the North Korean Army and um, invaded the Republic of South Korea. The 24th Entry Regiment at that time was attached to the 25th Entry Division of uh, the U.S. 8th Army, which was stationed in Japan. And it was one of the first units that was assigned to Korea after the invasion. That 24th Regiment, along with the entire 25th Division, had been thrust into combat around the South Korean port of Pusan, and the 24th experienced the same dismal performance common among many U.S. Army units in the first few months of the Korean War, as they all fought for, fought for survival against the numerically superior North Koreans. Now, they didn't say that. See, they didn't they didn't point that out that not only was this particular unit you know um dealing with dissent dealing with people leaving but so were the other ones that were forced in in this war at the beginning but they made it a point of pointing out that the 24th regiment you know what was cowardice but they didn't say that about the other ones I'm just saying I'm just saying we're gonna point out the truth here in the first few months of the Korean War, they all fought for survival against the numerically, I mean, that was a whole lot of North Koreans and only a little bit of U.S. soldiers. Um, nonetheless, they were branded as poor soldiers because of their race, for no other reason but because of their race. In other words, the white soldiers was running, too. They was like, oh, man, there's too many of them. You know, you ever seen a herd of ants and you see a bug on the ground that's, that's, that's been killed and it's this one little bug and all them ants piling up on it trying to, you know, dismantle its body parts? Just imagine that's how it was in North Korea. I'm just saying I wasn't there. It's just an example. That's just an analogy, people. Don't get your draws in a bunch. So by, by the 20, 31st of, of, of July in this same year, um, the 24th was engaged in heavy fighting, Desertions reached the pandemic, the pandemic proportion. Come on now, pandemic, really? How many people were in the 24th that you can say it was pandemic? That means almost everybody but a few left. Come on now, let's, let's quit stretching the truth. It says that they reached pandemic proportions. Military police units were stationed on the roads, returning from the front to arrest the deserters. Wow. Lieutenant Leon Gilbert, the lone black officer with the 24th, refused to follow the orders of his white commanding officer to return to the front with his men into the positions he had just been forced to leave. Gilbert was arrested on the spot and sent to court, martial proceedings where he was sentenced to death. An outpour of public emotions succeeded in persuading President Harry Truman, who was the president at the time, 
to commit Gilbert's sentence to 20 years in prison, although he would only serve five. The incident demoralized the unit and made it the object of additional distrust and desertion by white soldiers. So because they arrested this black man, you know, and put him in jail and wanted to sentence him to death for leaving, you know, the soldiers that were white in the same unit say, no, that ain't right. No, we we ain't staying either. So they started leaving. This is crazy. Y'all put us out here on this suicide mission to to, to die. And y'all think we finna stay here? No, you know, we're not finna do that. The article goes on to say, despite these problems, individual soldiers in the 24th continued to show great courage. On August 6th, Private First Class William Thompson single-handedly stymied an enemy attack while his platoon withdrew to reorganize. He died from wounds two weeks later and was awarded the first of two Congressional Medals of Honor to African-American soldiers in the Korean War. On September 1st, however, the 2nd Battalion of the 24th Regiment collapsed under the enemy attack and large numbers of stragglers left their position, making those still engaged in the battle vastly outnumbered. Mean they was already outnumbered. So at this point, the 8th Army commander ordered the 24th Regiment to disband because the 8th Army was unable to organize a new regiment in its place. The 24th continued to serve as an active infantry regiment for a full year after the decision to disband it. In that time, the unit began to see more improvement as it gained combat experience and new officers. Yet it was defeated again in 1950 in December when Chinese troops unexpectedly entered the war and forced all U.S. military forces to retreat. Company C of the 24th was forced to surrender after being abandoned. See, they was abandoned by the other regiment. See, that's why you have to study, you know, and get the facts before they say, you know, they were poor soldiers and surrounded by the Chinese office, the Chinese army. The regiment, the regiment took part of the counterattack by the U.S. and U.N. forces in the summer of 1951, the second time the Korean War, an African-American soldier won the Congressional Medal of Honor, which was Sergeant Cornelius H. Charlton, who took over the command of his platoon after his officer was killed and successfully led it on to successive assaults against heavily entrenched enemy positions. Stories such as these, however, receive little press attention. Imagine that. Nothing has changed. And were never taken into consideration by those in the Army who wanted to see the end of the 24th. Why? Because they were mostly black. We already said that. Then on October 1st, 1951, the 24th Entry Regiment was relieved from front, uh, from frontline duty so it could be dissolved. That day marked the end of the 82-year history of the regiment. Although issues of its performance certainly drove the disillusion of the unit, the U.S. Army cited Executive Order 9981 issued by President Harry Truman in 48, integrating the U.S. military as the official reason for the end of the 24th Infantry. So there was no need for there to be an all-black infantry since it was integration. So first they were accused of desertion because, they were cowardice and poor soldiers. But as we look and we, we study and, and we see that 
they they were heroic. They did fight. They were on the front lines. They were not the only ones that were leaving. White soldiers were deserting as well. See? So that's why you have to study. You have to look at the facts, find the facts out for yourself. So that is the 24th Regiment, Infantry Regiment in Korea in the years 1950 and 1951. That is our Black History Moment for today. All right. Well, thank you, ma'am. I do appreciate that. The 24th Regiment, the 24th Regiment Infantry. Yeah, buddy. And let's 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 not make anything small talk of this or anything small or funny out of this. Those guys went through hell, and it took a whole lot to say. Wait a minute, y'all got us doing some things we're not supposed to be doing. Now I don't think that's about to happen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And if nobody ever been in combat, sometimes it, it takes that. It really does, y'all. It's a hard decision to make sometimes, especially when your leader's looking at you and you got soldiers behind you, and they're like, huh? And you're like, no, that's not a good choice right there. So, but understand, especially during that time, you know, when, when everything was unequal, and let's not, let's not uh, um, play that down either. You know, like I say, everything was unequal during that time frame. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. so. That, that that took a, a lot for them to do that, and uh, good story, good 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 choice there, MP. Good choice. All right, so it's time to move on, y'all. It's time to move right along, and let's get into some of what we want to talk about today. Uh, let's see where we gonna start at because we have so many so many great things to talk about. Um, how about let's talk about Mr. Papa 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 Josh, y'all? You know that that piece of man that y'all always see on TV. Yes, let's talk about him a little bit. You know, cause uh, a lot has happened with this guy over the last one, two, three, four, five weeks or so. Has it been a, has it been five weeks? Maybe mm-hmm. four, three. Uh, four, three, four. Yeah, close to five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and for y'all don't know who Papa John's is, you know, that's the guy to be on driving a little red Camaro, be on the pizza box talking about, you know, his pizza is good, which his pizza is good, I got to admit, because that's who I order from. You know, even when I worked for Pizza Hut, I used to order Papa John's pizza, but that's here and there. I digress. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Papa John's, you know, and they have so much. And the biggest thing lately is he used the N-word during a conference call in July, and of course, everybody has gotten upset, and they're worried, and he shouldn't have said that, and then, of course, you know, you have those insiders that all of a sudden um, are telling stories of a toxic culture within the company, and so forth, and so on, and we're going to get to that. We are. We are going to get to that. However, before we get to that, you know... I have to say this, and I have expressed this um, to P. Ross as well, and I was, I've expressed this on the show. And once again, I'm going to say it again. For all you individuals out there that have such a big, big problem with people using the N-word, but you walk around your house, you let your children you let your friends use that same word on a daily basis 800 times a day. You be a hypocrite. 
Right, yes, that eighth grade education is coming again. I didn't say you are. I said you be a hypocrite. And I don't want to hear that nonsense about, well, it's a term of endearment among That is a bold-faced lie. You just gave yourself that excuse so you could continue using it so you wouldn't have to better your vocabulary and learn how to talk like somebody with some deep dang on sense. All right? And it's a sad, it's a very sad, sad situation. It really is. It's a very sad situation. You know, um, I'm trying to stay calm as I talk about this piece of it, okay? Because it's really a frustrating, a frustrating thing right now to see that you want to boycott businesses, you want to stop buying this, you want to stop doing this for a word that you use on a daily basis, but you want to have the exclusivity to use the word yourself because you think it is a word of endearment. Wrong. It is not. Never has been and never will be. I don't care if you spell it with an A-E-R-G-G-E, whatever you want to spell it as. It's not a term of endearment at all. The definition says a black a black spot, a, a black space, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I have it in me because I remember looking it up years ago. You know, so how can a, a dark space, void of anything, be a term of endearment? It was used to call you out of your name, out of your name. As a derogatory term, it wasn't used to say, oh, that's my power right there, that's my buddy. No, never was. Just like the word boy, that was never used as a, as a word in Demi back in the day. But, oh, we have now become so advanced and, and intellectual that we could just turn it in. Or oh, as some have said before, well, you know, uh, the more you use it, the less power you give it. Who told you that bull of bowl of crap? Huh? Who told you that? Once again, another way to justify your reason for using it. When all the while you know deep down inside that you shouldn't be using it just like nobody else should. But when these big execs said or somebody um, happened to point it out on, on Facebook or somewhere that somebody said it, oh, let's get all up inside, let's boycott. No, how about you boycott some of that music you listen to? That you sitting beside me on the side of the road, got my car shaking, and I'm and you three cars behind me. I can't hear my own music because I'm listening to that nonsense you got playing, using them same or worse. But you don't have a problem with it, then, do you? The hypocritical side of the house. You know, it's the hypocr- it's the hypocritical side of the house that we like to play on. And don't feel bad. This country is built on hypocrisy. Hypocritical uh, uh, beliefs and, and actions. It is so. It's okay. You're not alone. But let's think. It's about time we change some of that. 
if you're going to require other people not to use it, then why should you? Why should you? You want to sit there and talk about, well, you know, among the black community, we can do that. No, you can't. You can't and you shouldn't. You can't and you shouldn't. Now, you got the pro-black people that say, well, you know, we could do that because it's um, within our culture. No, that was never part of our culture. It was introduced to our culture as a way of identifying ourselves. We are supposed to be beyond that now. But yet we still have generations, young generations, and some of the older generations that continue to identify themselves that way. If you expect somebody else to change, don't you think you have to make that change first? It's kind of hard to, to request that it be done any other way because it's just straight up backwards. It really is. Now, I'm not going to spend long on, on, on talking about that aspect of it. However, however, I did want to address it. Because it really bothers me when I see stuff like this, how everybody is up in arms and he got to uh, resign and let's not buy any more products from this individual or that company. And then you go right out there and use that same word that you you, you, you dang on near crucified him for. What, where's the logic in that? Where's the logic? If you don't want them using the N-word, why do you use it? And stop coming up with these petty excuses. It's a term of endearment. Well, that's just part of our culture. Get off the fence. Get off the fence. Make a decision. Either you don't want it used, you don't use it. If you use it, you might as well let them use it. No, you know, you hey, one moment, you know, you jump on this side of the fence and then when it, when it suits you, you want to get on this other side of the fence. No, no. You will never achieve anything like that. Nothing. You know, and for you so-called pro-blacks that letting your children listen to this same type of thing, but you out there marching, talking about bad this and bad that, you just as bad as anybody else. Oh, I'm sorry. I, mean, I guess I shouldn't say pro-black. I guess I say it's a conscious co- community that are conscious individuals. You're just as bad as everyone else. All right? So make up your mind. Either you're going to allow it to be said and you're going to continue to use it or you're going to stop using it. That way you have a better uh, foot to stand on when you start requiring others to stop using it. But you can't have it both ways. It's just not, it doesn't make sense. And once you stop using it yourself, then you request uh, record labels not to use it your relatives not to use it, your children not to use it. 
even yourself, not to use it. But maybe that's just a little bit too much for some of you. You haven't reached that, that part of your psyche yet that, that, that uh, helps you understand that you are no longer what that word suggests. Just a little something, something, something to think about. Just a little something to think about. All right, so that's my take on the on the N word, the use of the N word. So I'm gonna turn it over to P for a moment, so she can get start, get us started on on uh, um, Mr. Papa John's himself, and I'll be back. All right, so take it away, P. Make you hit him hard too. Hit them all upside the head. Get him, girl. Get him. <laughs> No, I don't think all of that is necessary. <laughs> but let's let's talk about uh, uh Papa John. <laughs> yes. This, this okay. man. Oh, yeah. you know, I just I just put the definition of what a nigger is in the chat room. You know, and and you know, it's an offensive term using it as an insulting and contemptuous term for a black person. And it has been used for more than 150 years. But in that time, it has grown more pronounced with the passage of time. The word now ranks as almost certainly the most as offensive and inflammatory racial slur in the English language, a term expresses of hatred and bigotry, except its self-referential uses by and among black people are not always intended or taken as as offensive, although many object to those uses as well, which Mr. Talk was just saying. But it's used by a person who is not black to refer to a black person can only be regarded as a deliberate expression of contemptuous racism. Its offensiveness has grown to such an extent in recent decades that since three is now rarely used, see, last three decades is it, rarely used and, and, and is itself likely to be found offensive. The words occurrence in older literary works by such writers as Joseph Conrad, Mark Twain, and Charles Dickens can be shocking and upsetting to temporary readers. In other words, what used to be acceptable ain't acceptable now, so why are we using it? What make it so good? How is it? How is it? How is it in here when this is what it means? Why call ourselves what they call it? Come on now. Have we be, have we become so insensitive that or have we been so so brainwashed that now it's okay? Have we? Is it really okay? Or have we lost our self-respect and our and, and and our value? But that now, whatever label that they're able to put on the black race, you know, we just go along with it inwardly, and begin to speak that about ourselves. It was never supposed to be that way. It was never supposed to be that way. So here it is, Mr. Papa John himself. Accordingly, he apparently use that word as a training exercise. He then says that, okay, maybe after hindsight, um, maybe I shouldn't have retired. Maybe I shouldn't have resigned, you know, because I don't think that 
I did anything wrong. Now, one of the aspects that we were talking about, Mr. Talking, I were talking about earlier that maybe did he resign because of pressure? Well, welcome to the chat room. We'll first note ourselves. Thank you for checking in. See? Was it the result of pressure? Because now he's saying, well, you know, I don't think I did anything wrong. Everybody else is doing it. See? But let's look at the culture of the company, okay? Let's look at what went on before all of this. We have people coming to him, his board members, other people that he worked with, saying that, oh, well, you know, even though racism wasn't quite an issue, but the way that the men spoke to the women was an issue. Even though John Snader himself was never around when these things happened, if he was told about it, nothing was really said because everybody else on the board was doing it. Now, one of his 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 one of his officers by the name of um, Mr. Hearns. He is the current president of International Operations, and 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 one of of Mr. Snyder's, um, you know, and he he's been working for him, you know, for the past twenty ten twelve years. See, so. He's saying that, you know, there was a time when the females, the women, came and said that they were being harassed. The men were saying different things, making different comments, and that when it was reported, it was basically pushed under the table. But in 2013, you know, corporate employees had to sign a non-disclosure agreement barring them from discussing Snyder's personal life and other confidentiality and non-disparagement contacts were mandatory. And mandatory arbitration agreement further discussing people from speaking out. Speaking out about what? Specifically, the alleged sexual harassment that was going on. There was an investigation under under the culture of the company, but after that investigation, nothing happened. It says, based on interviews with 37 current and former Proper John employees, um, including numerous executives and board members, um, they said he had a behavior of uh, that ranged from spying on his coworkers to sexually inappropriate conduct which has resulted in at least two confidential settlements. You said this is a, a public company, but it, 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 it was run like it was privately owned. That nothing happened in that company unless Mr. Snyder, John Snyder, Papa John himself, wanted it to happen. So when it says that the female employees were mocked and actually they were uh, ministrating, male executives made references to gangbangs and comments about whether women wanted to jump on the train. 
And three of the employees said that Mr. Richie, who was the VP, if I'm not mistaken, at that time, he was present when these types of remarks were made and just laughed about them. However, Mr. Schneider wasn't wasn't there, and he disputed that he disputed most of the story. He didn't say he disputed all of it, but he disputed most of the story. So Hearn, who is the chief operating officer, said that uh, he was not going to respond, but he contested that it even happened. So now, this is what a recently departed executive says. It says that the culture is so bad that the only people that are staying there are the people that can't get a job somewhere else. Hmm. It can't get a job anywhere else. They go on to say that, you know, because this man, John Schneider, grew up in Jeffersonville, Indiana, he was the son of a clerk and a a serial entrepreneur. So in 84, he installed a pizza oven in his dad's tavern, mixed lounge, and started churning out pizza. They sold well there, and he opened a standalone shop the following year. That's how he built Papa John. And he built a pizza empire. This is what he wrote in his book. This is how this is how he started. So it was hands on from the ground up. So you think that this man is not going to want to still be hands on, even though it went. I think Forbes said from fourteen thousand dollars to some billion dollars. You got that article, Mister Tell? That's what you yesterday. I don't have it right uh, here. The Forbes article. Fourteen thousand. Oh yeah. Megan, I yeah. Uh, nineteen. Yeah, nineteen million. Yeah, yeah. nineteen. I just handed a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just 19. a little bit under under his leadership. Mhm. His leadership. So you think that he's just gonna take his hands off? So of course that was the culture. A culture of basically. Of control. I'm not saying if the sexual innuendos were made and nobody said anything about. I'm not. I'm not justifying that. What we're talking about is the fact that they wanted him to resign. Now, after this alleged N-word incident happened, but he has built this company, and he said it was a, a training moment. This was a a training moment. They didn't say anything about it happening before, but this one incident. So if we're looking at how he controlled the company, and remember now, the article says that nothing happened unless unless John wanted it to happen. Hmm. See? See? They was upset because he said the culture in the company impacted business because Uh, Richie promoted people based on his personal relationship with them versus their results. Those in the inner circle who was named president Mm. of international international processes in in May, the VP Mm. of global technology operations, Tim Newton, senior vice president of North American operations, Edward, all these people 
are friends. And they said some of them are also tight with Snader. They said Hearn, Hearn, who is in charge now, would travel to uh, Snader's lake house using his helicopter. With some of the other people mentioned, tagging along. Mm. He said that Hearn, you know, you know, Richie's leadership style was knee-jerk. He doesn't consult, he doesn't consult the data. He just goes up, okay, this is what we need to do. Doesn't look at percentages. Doesn't look at the metrics. Just goes off of, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, well, I'm sorry. Going to finish giving them the background. Then I, I, See? So, so in, in, in 2017, if y'all remember the NFL mess that happened, okay, you know, it, 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 they claimed that that was a result, that that whole thing happened because Snader wanted to support his close friend, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, who was reportedly feuding with the Leeds commissioner, Roger Goodell. Snader said, no, that wasn't the reason. In a subsequent, a subsequent all-staff meeting, Stater told employees that he wanted to tell Goodell to get off his A and show some leadership. According to an individual who was there, Snader admits that he used those words to that effect. Partly as a result of his NFL comments, corporate revenue fell by 5% in the first quarter versus the prior year. Net income, meanwhile, was down 40%. One Papa John's franchisee says that in an attempt to win back lost customers in the recent months, the company has implemented more discounting than at any point in its history, that more operators are positioning to sell than ever. Went to hell after Snyder's remarks, recalling an executive who left the company earlier this year. See? And at the end of the day, Snyder handed the CEO over to Richie in January, leading many to believe that he had backed away from the business. In truth, little changed since Richie already ran the day-to-day. If nothing, Snyder actually became more involved than ever in an attempt to manage the crisis that he created with the Hmm. NFL. Now, this came from a source that was right there in the midst of it all. See? So we see, and if, and if y'all don't know what that was, that was the whole Ka- Kaepernick issue and all of that. When they wanted fines and all of that stuff, all of that was going on. And, and Goodell, was a, they wanted him to do more, and he wouldn't, to make a stand, and he did not. Hmm. Now, uh-huh. now, what you don't know, is that even though he stepped down, he is still on the board, and he still owns nearly 30% of the shares and has Richie O'Hearn and the rest in command. Even if he does not back away, the the the, the relics of his culture still remain. So he still retains influence. He pays for his office space at the Proper John's headquarters, 
uh, which is which they state began as a way to keep private staff on site. So the company is attempting to terminate this agreement, but Snyder's representatives say it has no ground. And as of July 12th, that the day after he resigned as the chairman, Snyder still showed up to work as usual. So what has changed? He still participated in, in, in conference calls with the marketing firm, Laundry Service. Um, the role-playing exercise intend to avoid another public relations um, curve, curf- whatever that word is, debunkle should be, um, during the call when he asked how he would distance himself from racist. Snader made, made remarks he thought were simply practice but that multiple individuals on the call found offensive according to the source familiar with the situation. He downplayed his NFL snafu, saying that the Colonel Sanders, uh, saying that Colonel Sanders caused blacks the N-word yet never faced public black backlash. He also made reference to his upbringing in Indiana, which we know if you any any familiar with the North, that that is known as KKK territory in Indiana. Yeah, they burn a lot of crosses up there. Look it up, research. Right <laughs> off 75, right off 75, coming in, 74, I think it is, coming off 75 and 74, coming into Indiana is a giant cross right there, lit up that you see, huge. Check it out, go online. Laundry service quickly moved to cancel. Is the laundry service that they had quickly moved to cancel contract with Prop, to Papa John's and says a source with direct knowledge of the situation. Snyder says that Papa John's revoked the contract and that in both of these contracts he was making a strong statement against racism. However, after after Forbes reported on the incident earlier this month. Snyder confirmed his use of the N-word and apologized. Regardless of the context, he stepped down as chairman of, of, of as chairman that night. But two days later on the TV interview, he walked back he walked back the apology and blamed the laundry service for inducing his use of the slur. Who that sound like? Come on now. They were promoting that kind of vocabulary, he said, later adding that, you know, Forbes is gonna lie. <laughs> all right, now let's uh, really gonna put it out there the way it is. Let's go put it out there. All right, so and you hit on it. I, I, was, I was about to say this is a multi-million-dollar company. This yes. is the head man in charge, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, uh, uh, uh. You know what this is is really going on is a power grab. That's basically what this is. That's what it you is. Have seen, yeah, you have seen the same example um, in the White House. Now, I mean, let's be honest. You've seen it, right? When when the, and any and I even admitted this about Trump when he first came on with his initial administration because we know there have been multiple ones now. But when he came out, what do businessmen do? They put people around them they trust and they know. I'm sorry. That's what they do. And it's not a, a bad move. It's actually smart. If you trust someone 
and you work with them, and you know what they can do, why not? But what happens is, as time goes along, and society becomes more politically correct, we have uh, instances where certain things are said, and whether they're said in context, taken out of context, or just happen to be mentioned in a private conversation, there's always someone listening. Yes. Now, listen, there's always someone listening. Now, it may not be at that time when it is reported. It may be 30 years down the line. But right. the same person that heard it, they're going to wait for the, the right opportunity to pop it out there and say, oh, back in this day, this is what happened. Back in this day, this is what happened. And then all of a sudden, what you have, you have the train jumpers or the wagon jumpers that pop up, and all of them want to get on. Yeah, and the culture has been like this, and this comes da 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 Hold up, wait a minute, but where were you when it was initially going on? What part of this did you participate in that you're not telling? Right. See, that's why you have to be careful when you decide you want to bandwagon jump and what have you. Because just like they have skeletons in their closet, they you have some in yours, I'm sure. If you're working in big business like that, oh, yeah, there's plenty of skeletons to go around. To go around. Not to mention with the, the, the technology with phones that we have today, oh, my goodness. Somebody's always recording. And I'm not mm-hmm. just talking about with video either. It's easy to hit your record button on your phone and nobody ever know it. And you should be running off jaw jacking, running off at the mouth. Some of y'all hadn't even thought about that. But you sure can. Um, so, and then you, you take, you take, um, when they get they, these individuals be, being are being interviewed, or they become anonymous sources. Who are these people? How much do they actually really have to do with what's going on, or are they playing the "This is what I heard" game? So I'm gonna be an anonymous source, so I really won't be involved in it because I really don't know. I just been told this type of thing. Mhm. Yeah. And. Let's think about this, y'all. Let's really think about this. This is a statement that was made in the article that somebody said. Many of the employees took or stayed around because they probably couldn't get a job elsewhere. Are you kidding me? That's what it said. (laughs) That's what it said. Are you kidding me? Now, let's be real about this. You work in a big, and you mean to tell me you can't get it? No, no. If nothing else, one of the other um. Piece of conglomerates are higher. So, you know, that, that kind of puts a little little taint on what the heck they're talking about right there. It, it really does. Now, this thing with the NFL, because I know he had a contract with the NFL, especially the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they score so many points, you get half off here in Texas anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he has it with the Texas Rangers. I know that. Right. Um, now, once again, 
What this man has said has been used against him. Okay, I'm talking about this. Now, was Jerry Jones pissed at the commissioner during that time? When, when, See, people think it was about the protest with Kaepernick. It wasn't about that. It, it wasn't about that. See, once again, a story is being told, but not the real story. Mm-hmm. During this time, the NFL was dragging their feet on exactly how they were going to handle the protest. All right, that that was going on, and the commission was lollygagging on that. And, yes, the problem Jerry Jones had with the commissioner wasn't about the protest. The problem was Jerry Jones was trying to get the commissioner fired because the commissioner had actually suspended his star running back, and they kept going to, going to court over it. And it get, kept, kept getting pushed on, pushed on, pushed on, pushed on. So that's how the Jerry Jones side of it came in. But it didn't have anything to do with all that other crap they trying to make it seem like. But I listen once again. They're not going to tell you this. They can care less. They're not going to tell you that. Look, let's be honest. Now, I know a young lady that worked for Papa John's. I worked with her. Um, when I was uh, a manager at Pizza Hut, and she got a job at Papa John's, and she actually met this guy, John Snader himself. She met him. She ain't had no problems with him. You know, I mean, she's straightforward. You know, she's straightforward. She would throw it. But she had no problems. She said he was nice. He taught her stuff. And, you know, as they know, she had her own store in Orlando. So I'm not saying that he didn't do these things. I'm not saying the culture wasn't toxic. I don't know if one person could make it completely toxic by themselves. There was all <laughs> other contributors to this thing, is what I'm saying. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, even even up in on 4400 Pennsylvania Avenue, even though the, the head man is as toxic as you can get, he ain't in there by himself uh, stinking it up. You can guarantee that. But we're not going to talk about him right now. Um, but so when you start hearing this stuff and you start talking about businesses, and, and a lot of the stories, because there's one on, on Facebook that I've seen social media <clears throat> where it compares him to um, Louis Caesar's owner or what have you. Well, a lot of the claims that's on there that has Papa John's name on it was actually done by franchisees. Now, everybody know how this works. You know, franchisees, they are separate from the corporation themselves. They just carry the name. That's basically all they do. Right. Once again, not knowing the full story on thing, people say it's Papa John. So Papa John did this. And here we go. Okay, let's be honest. There's some businessmen out there going to help folks. There's some other businessmen going to It's business. This is what they do. This is what they do. It's no secret. And don't think it's just men doing these type of acts themselves. Right now, it's just open season on big business men. Because, as you have found out, they'd rather resign, pay out money, than go through the rigmarole that they can be taken through. Oh, there's, a, there's women out there doing the same freaking thing. 
but it's not open season on them yet. <laughs> no, they got the Me Too moment right now. Yeah, and, and and the second part is men. Okay, whatever. She the boss. She give me some booty. Okay, whatever. It's fine with me. I'm getting paid. I mean, I'm being honest. You know, we look at things a little different. Now, I guess I should say men in my age range, you know, and maybe a little younger, not much younger, because this new generation coming up, you know, they more girlish than men, so no telling, you know, that, yeah, they, they probably, yeah, but we're not getting into that right now. This is not what the story is about today. Um, so, yeah, so Papa John, you know, hey, take it for what it's worth, y'all. You have to understand the history behind it and, and really see this is for what it is. They want him out. They want him out, you know, just just like any other thing, you know. He they tired of him being the face of of, of the company, you know. They want new faces, and they want to go into a, probably a a more gender uh, uh, sensitive uh, area, and he's not trying to do that right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know some of y'all learn what. Yeah, I'm just saying. You see, you have to look at it like that. It's it's a business move. Look at what the movement is now. The NFL. Most people, most people today think the NFL is is um, caveman type sport. Barbaric. It's so violent. You know, baseball. Well, the Dominicans have taken that over all over. So, hey. That's going to get the LGBTQRST in there and, 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 and the, you know, the girly boys and, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it kind of in a different light than what is portrayed out there. But like we tell you all the time, you don't believe us? Hey, just go ahead and um, do we your own research. Something? Yeah, maybe you should tell us something we miss. Hey, we don't know at all. That's for sure. Um, anything else you want to add to this, Ross? No, I'm good. Move on. No, I'm good. You good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's another one that's hot. That's hot. <laughs> oh, okay. I like that. It's hot. And then music start playing. I got to find that. That was pretty good. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Is it time to get rid of affirmative action? Yeah, that's what we talk about, affirmative action. Is it time to get rid of affirmative action? Has it overstayed its is, is, is time? In today's society, is it even needed any longer? Is it time for that? Hmm, that is a good question, huh? That mm-hmm. is a good question. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. So what is affirmative action? First of all, what is it? What the heck is it? When did it come about? How, how, where did it come from? It was first to use officially in 1961. Uh-huh. Like, you know that, that guy, that guy named Kennedy, y'all know him? The one that everybody loved that they shot up right in front of everybody to send a message that, uh yeah, we ain't having all that loving going on in this country. 
that we still ain't got all that loving going on in this country. I'm not saying no more about that. Um, anyway, <laughs> in Executive Order 10952, which created the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. All right. And um, it requires that government employers not discriminate against any employee or applicant for employment because of race, creed, color, or national origin. Now, of course, we know it ended up being uh, uh, expanded, I guess we can say, through, um, what what was it? Roe versus Wade, I think it was. No, it wasn't Roe versus Wade. What was that it? Wasn't, that wasn't was Roe versus Wade. No, that wasn't it. I know that wasn't it. That's how I said it. But anyway, I can, I'll get you that information in a minute. It was it was V A T K E and reverse discrimination, which started in nineteen seventy by a guy named Alan Bates. He was a white male and he had been rejected two years in a row uh from a medical mm-hmm. school that had accepted okay. less qualified minority applicants. So that's when mm-hmm. it started. And that was uh, Regents of University, California versus Bank, 438 U.S. through 12 in 1978. So what I tell you? Well, it's good to have a co-host on it, ain't it? All right. So, basically, it got extended out to, to universities and colleges and things, the university colleges and stuff like that. You know, and then it required them, you know, to, to take a look at, at, at filling so many slots, diversity-wise, women. You know, so many women have to be there, so many color, you know, I ain't going to say colored people, minorities. Right, that's the best word, minorities, you know. And as it went along, as it went along, it seemed to work for a little while. It seemed to work. But the more it worked, the more individuals got upset with it because, as it was said, it was started to be called reverse discrimination. In other words, people were saying, well, since they get, many people felt that minorities were getting, uh, were being given, that's a good word right there, were being given, given um, slots and spaces and places and universities and jobs and corporations that should have been given to the whites, the Caucasians, the Europeans, the great boys, the great girls, whatever you want to call them. And that's where the issue came in. <clears throat> and then, of course, you had the feminist movement kick in in the 70s. So that added a whole other dimension to it. So now, here we are. 2018. 2018. And yet, we're still talking about affirmative action. The Trump administration has uh, removed some of the, the, the stipulation and guidelines as far as affirmative action, as far as colleges and stuff like that. And that, that's where this conversation comes from, because there's a big uproar about that now. So the question is, <clears throat> and I'm asking y'all, is it time to do away with affirmative action, or is, do we need to tweak it now? Is it come to a time to where it's still needed, but we need to tweak the terminology and the expectations of what it is to uh, uh, award or, or to become in, in the next generation, decade, or what have you. What you think, P? I see somebody with their hand up. I'll get to them in a minute. But what you think, P? Yeah, I, I, I think, it, it, you know, it, it needs to be something in place. 
I, I do believe that because of the direction that the country is headed in now and the divisiveness that comes from the head, you know, um, because other than that, I, I, I fear that, you know, we 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 will find and and not just black people but minority as as a whole will find themselves in a worse position than they are now not even saying that it has ever been a good position because it never has been but because those laws were in place it did give you know minorities black people Asians any you know women some leverage however without that where is the protection not that not that it's totally being enforced now, but because it is that kind of backs some, you know, that kind of backs them down a little bit. So there needs to be something there. Even though when we're talking about reverse discrimination and we're talking about white privilege, and as I said, as we look at these cases, you know, um, one of the, the, the latter cases in um, 1987, where you know people were upset because um, this 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 company uh, called Wygant in 1986, um, black employees kept their jobs while white employees with seniority were laid off. And 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 you know as I said, many white conservatives were hard pressed to come up with a better alternative to the imposition of a strict quota system. I don't think there there necessarily has to be. A, a, a quota system, but that if you have people that are are are, are qualified, you know, um, then they both should be considered, you know, not and equally so. However, we know that that is not the case. We know that mm-hmm. that is not so. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be something in place to to combat that. You know, I don't know if it it will ever be a point where it's actual equality because I don't I don't think it's ever going to go. I don't think it's ever going to get to that point. But there needs to be some type of protection so that you know we don't end up you know without. Now I said this earlier when we were talking. You know, because we we had a show a few weeks ago and, and we talked about like there was a plan. We know welfare is going away, and, and there's there there's a myth that most people on welfare and public housing and all of that are black people, which if you look at the statistics, that is in error. That is just not true. We know that that is going away. However, if we can get you under our plan, you know, to get you to do what we want you to do, if we can control your way of living, if we can control the job market, and we can put you in one area where we want you to be, then you can only live here. Or because of the job that you have, the only uh, 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 at the wages that you make, you can only afford to live here. These are the only types of jobs that we want you to have. So then you're controlling a, a an entire nation of people. Yeah, mm. and I say nation because you know they created the race card. I say nation because we are, you know, a, a, mm-hmm. a nation right. of, of people in and of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are a nation of of people. So then, if we can put you or push you into a corner, and this is where you are, you are only allowed to work here. You are only allowed to live here such as it was in the early 60s. Hmm. You know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, 
in the case that challenged affirmative action were Regents of the University of California versus Balky in 1978, in which the U.S. Mm-hmm. Supreme Court ruled 5-4 that quotas must not be used to reserve places for minority applicants if white applicants are denied a chance to compete for those places. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, although the court outlawed quota programs, it allowed colleges to use race as a factor in making college admissions decisions. Two years later, a fragmented court upheld a 1977 federal law requiring that 10% of funds for public works be allotted to qualify minority contractors. Now, here's a question that I have, and it's interesting because it kind of plays into something else we had in the description as well. Um, recently, uh, 45 made one of these, these great statements once again that uh, poverty in the United States is basically over. So, looking at affirmative action, poverty, education, and affirmative action. Do these things actually rely on each other? Do they? And, and, as, and I guess you, you've asked, you answered the question somewhat. Could it take a certain minority and push them back down to the lower levels where they were before affirmative action even was established? But you did answer the, first, the last one because, mm-hmm. yes, you said it, it, that is exactly what's, what's going to happen. So affirmative action is needed. No, but my question once again is to the listeners, is affirmative action still needed or does it need to be tweaked a little bit? Now, we do have a caller with that, um, that want to come into the conversation. Um, I guess now is a better time than any, the good time well, to let them in and, and see what yeah. we have to, what they have to add to the conversation. All right, so, Triple One, I've seen you being in and out, so who do I have here? Tell me what you got for me. Yeah, well, man, your age for sure, Eric. <laughs> My age for sure, what, Joe? <laughs> when you were talking about uh, when you were talking about a few minutes ago about uh, people younger than you and um, and knowing about affirmative action, and then uh, your person your age, you know. So I'm saying, oh. that's right, Eric. Man, your age. <laughs> Like you do to me what sometimes, I'm talking about I'm supposed to be the oldest person on the line. <laughs> hey, Ross, how you doing? <laughs> so let me ask you this, because it's about affirmative action. I remember when it came in um, in 1964, and mm-hmm. civil rights, but I always thought, and I, I guess my understanding of it has been off, I always believed that because of the quota system, let's say, for example, you're a business, and now 64 Act comes in, now you got to hire um, blacks or other minorities. I'm figuring, why not? What's the problem? If you're a white uh, entrepreneur and you're hiring 90% white people, but now the law says you got to hire 10% black people, say blacks, aren't you going to hire the uh, the brightest and the best that applies for that particular job and if the brightest and the best are the same as the whites that are there then the uh, the, uh, the white o- the white owner even though he or she may be prejudiced still has a workforce which is doing what it's paid to do the way that it's supposed to be done now from what I'm getting over the years about affirmative action 
is that somehow it's been more bastardized so that you're hiring lesser than qualified people. And I don't understand how that can happen. Is that true? Because as Pete was talking about, universities have been known to accept applicants who wouldn't otherwise make the grade unless it was for affirmative action. Hospitals are hiring workers who, who wouldn't ordinarily make the grade. And I'm saying to myself, I thought affirmative action was supposed to put aside um, slots for the best and the brightest. How come the lesser qualified are getting in on affirmative action? So somebody, I need, have, I need to have affirmative action explained to me. Okay, but, hey, you want to take a shot at it first? But, yeah, but, I know she was but, but see, but see Joe, that, 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 that's the exact thing that, that, that we're, we're, we're talking about. When it was, it, it was never supposed to be a status quo thing. It was supposed to be the best. But what had happened, because so many relevant regulations came in, and employers, um, I want to say, for lack of a, a better term, incorrectly interpreted the law to, to keep, but like you say, it got to have 10% to keep the status quo. Oh, we better get somebody in here before we get fined. So if a black person came in and, and applied for the position, whether they qualified or not, to meet that status quo, to not have a lien or to not have, you know. Um, 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 a fine, right, yeah. Yeah, a fine or whatever. To come against them, they began to hire those people. They knew that they were not qualified. Well, they I can had, understand. And see, and, and see, and that, and 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 that, you know, in itself is what started the ball to roll in on this reverse discrimination. Because let's face it, if you black or white, it doesn't matter what color you are, and and if you've ever been in the workforce, you know, you you had supervisors who weren't qualified, either black or white. To be your supervisor. Yeah. See, but they were there for whatever reason. Now the impact to affirmative action was that when that began to happen, now there's a backlash against it because not only are these people not qualified, but they got favoritism. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so that's a double whammy. That's a double slap in the face. You know, so now. You know, white people are rising. I'm saying, now we we we're not gonna do this. We're not gonna do this. We don't have you know this person over us, and they're not more qualified than us, or or what have you. I'm not saying that's all the instances, but in the cases that were presented, like the case of you know those those, those senior executives or those senior members in that group, mm-hmm. you know, in in the in the Gantt versus um who was it? It was it was a company. Uh, it was a school board, the Wygant School Board, Wygant B. Jackson Board of Education. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when they had to uh, let those people go, you know, it, it was a backlash because the black people kept the jobs only because they came in later. Mm-hmm. Seniority, you, know? you mean, yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. See, so they let the older people go because more than likely, if, if, it's, if it's like, you know, um, most state agencies, you're at the top. We don't cut from the top to cut the revenue because you're making the most money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, those people who just came in are at the bottom. They're not making that much money. So, hey. You know, um, I can understand. Let's say out of a thousand businesses. Now, I think this would depend upon the time 
that an employer would have to be mandated to hire somebody uh, before getting a fine. Let's say he he. I, let's say I'm a um, I'm I'm an employer, and I post mm-hmm. a job, and now that I post the job, the, the the clock is running out, and if the federal government says, well, you've got to hire minorities uh, within 30 days of the job posting, I can see pressure. But if, let's say, it's six months before a fine gets levied, then I can see maybe out of a 1,000 businesses, eh, maybe 100 are under the gun. But, I, but it's so, it seems like it's, so, uh, it's proliferated so much today that everybody's hiring or accepting everybody who's not qualified. And to answer your, uh, your last question, um, both UP and Eric talking about um, how the reverse discrimination is really going to take form. Did you know over on the East Coast now, they got uh, this mayor of New York, de Blasio, and in New York there's a, there's a few really good schools, really good charter schools, really famous schools or traditionally high schools, Who've got who have taken in you know uh, students who have been exceptionally bright. Well, now in these schools, something like 55% of the truly bright kids of the kids who are in the bright schools are Asians. And now De Blasio wants to reform affirmative action so that the the future Asian applicants will now be considered second tier, third tier and more blacks and Hispanics are going to be accepted. So it's like every, everything is changing from what it was intended to be into a political football, and it's not doing businesses nor the people who were being accepted as affirmative action people any good. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But um, we got a couple other people want to come in and discuss this with you, Joe. Okay. So, let me bring uh, let me bring Beasley in. All right, go ahead, Beasley. Welcome to the show, sir. Affirmative action doesn't have anything at all to do with qualifications. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Affirmative action is simply policies that were instituted to help groups that were historically discriminated against get their share of the American pie, which is provi- which, which is just overall better for society. It has absolutely nothing to do with what you're talking about. Nothing. As far as the, the instances where there's reverse discrimination or it isn't intended as it was, th- those are those are not even probably one percent. Also, affirmative action isn't in a, isn't even in effect anymore. Companies mm-hmm. want diversity. Companies want diversity. They've learned that it works. That it's a good thing. It has absolutely nothing to do with qualifications. It has a way. Of, it, what what it is is designed to rectify discrimination that has gone on in this country th- from from the day one. You muddy the waters okay. when you come with all that other stuff. You make something that's, so, so that you make the intentions of something that's very simple. You make it much more complicated because so, you really so don't believe it and you're against it. So you're going to make it about qualifications. I'm, I'm here on Wikipedia reading about it right now. I haven't seen the word qualification in here once, and this is a long oh, article on it. You said Wikipedia, okay? But B, let well, me, let you me know, ask Wikipedia, you this question. Wikipedia, so, 
let me let me ask you this question. So if that's the case, then um, even though you know affirmative action is still on the law books or what have you, you think it just should just strike it on out and, and be done with it now? Being that no, no, like good. you have to con. You know what 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 is this country about if you can't constantly try to help and increase opportunity for people on the bottom? The wealth disparity well, in this me. country is 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 is, is, is Come on. I have to tell you guys this. You guys know this. All right, I got a question. Because I'm uh-huh. permanent. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're talking about Beasley? Yeah, he's there. Yeah, for Beasley or anybody. Um, okay. If it's not. If affirmative action wasn't supposed to be about qualifications to begin with, then I would think it would be up to the employer, who, to use common sense, to hire the brightest and the best. Again, if I'm it's not employer, about the brightest and the best. This is something that's going on in your head. This is something right, that goes right, on Beasley, in the hold head. Hold on. I haven't finished. Let's say I'm an You're employer. You're saying the same thing you just said. Go ahead. I'm an employer. I've got job postings. I've got 100 jobs that need to be uh, filled. But i got a 10% quota. So uh, out of the first 90, I'm hiring white. The, the last 10%, I'm hiring blacks. Now, for the job postings, I think we all know, not just today, but throughout the last 40, 50, 60 see, years. See, you know what? You know, it, let, let, let me cut you off. I'm sorry. No, Beasley, yeah. I want to finish. No, 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 because no, you, you, you talk on forever and Beasley, you're not making you sense. Talk more. Beasley, I'm going to finish Okay. This. All right. So, for the, for the last Go ahead 10, finish. For the 10%, you're going to have 5,000 applicants for 100 jobs. I'm, I'm throwing out a number there. It could be 200 applicants, 400 applicants. <laughs> Why then doesn't the employer have the pick of the litter? Why can't he, out of common sense, just pick the best and the brightest out of all of them? Where does this no qualifications come from? Okay. Well, go ahead, Beasley, because I know you're chomping at the bit. I already said, I mean, it's simple. It's not, it's not, qualifications have nothing to do with it. That's maybe why sometimes you get underqualified people. But I'm sure there's been plenty yeah. of underqualified people of the of the majority race. Yeah. It's real simple. Let me tell you what the law states. Here's what the law states when it comes to employment, okay, because I used to work in this stuff. It's you're, you're, This company hires regardless of race, color, creed, age, disability, veteran status, or sexual preferences included now. Now, these are factors that are just not taken into consideration. So you, being this boy, being this boss, that seeing 90% of the workforce is white and 90% of the workforce as, as black, instead of that just being the workforce, it means that you're taking color outside. Out, it, it's supposed to be something to create where you're not seeing color, and that hopefully you're getting the best people. All right. So if you're not well, right, hopefully. Okay. Well, see, here's, well, see, here's, here's, here's the point I think both of you are missing. Um, with this, when when it first was initially started, it didn't matter. Okay, number one, the whites. Let's go and put it out there like this: the whites were gonna get the best jobs. Okay, that last ten percent you talking about, Joe? It didn't mm. matter who was qualified, as long as we filled that slot with uh, whatever minority we need to fill it with to meet the qualification. That was it. I mean, well, meet, meet the. Let, um, let, let's let's really be real. Let's really be real. When you're black, when you're black from education, if you can't if you can't if you can't get educated where you're going to be able to get these better jobs, you're going to end up jobs like janitors, 
and service people. And that was the status quo for black people. The best thing you could get was in was 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 a post office job. Right. Yeah. That was yeah. like the top of where you were going, unless you were one of the few exceptional people that that were able to go to that were able to go to school and deal with everything that you had to deal with and still do well. And, and you know the 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 talented tempers, the, the few that were able to slip through the cracks that had that much resolve. But the average person, the average black person, didn't have that available to them. And also, right. women oh. were discriminated against. And many and and right. statistics have shown that white women have benefited more from affirmative action laws than uh, than black people. As a matter of fact, right. women are still considered minorities when they're still when they're fifty five percent of the yeah, population. Right, and they're not. I know that. And the fifty five percent of the managerial again, positions the question, are women. Once, once again, once again, the question becomes. Is it time to just get rid of it together? Now, Beecher just said no because you still need it for for the discrimination that still is happening, right? But then again, with the same thing, with with the education and the improvements that supposedly have to date, I mean, wouldn't it make sense to, to, to tweak it at least? You know, say, okay, look, you know, maybe we don't need so much of of help. The minorities don't need need so much help. Maybe we just need to tweak it just a little bit. And just you know, let it go. Let people hire for the best qualified. I think I think P gave the better answer. I think P when she said because of regulations that came down the pike, the original intention mm. of affirmative action was uh, was kind of destroyed, and that's why the lower educated and the lower qualified got taken. And because to me, it still doesn't make sense when I'm if I'm going to hire, I'm going to hire the best. Now, if I'm going to hire people I don't want, I still have to hire them, and there's 400 people for each job. And uh, for example, I'm a I'm a law firm, and I'm putting out there for an associate. Now, somebody who's who's graduated from Morehouse or from historic some other historically black college, and if they show up at my door, and if they've got a 3.6 GPA and some white person has a 3.4 from state college, why wouldn't I take Morehouse? Over the white guy from State College, because you don't, because because the, the average white person wouldn't even know what Morehouse was. <laughs> well, besides, besides but the three point six, the, the you know, white guy, you wouldn't even have a clue. Look, look, because the white guy with the three point oh may be uh, a friend of the the company um, owner's father or something like that. Well, that's a different story. <laughs> I mean, if there's some kind of. <laughs> Yeah, I don't that's know. What, what but, I, you know, it, it's not just about hiring. It, it's about school admissions. That's where the battle is. Too. Yeah. It's, about, it really it's about, school, about school admissions and, and access to higher education in order, in order to get yeah. the better quality jobs. It, it, it included that. It included right. that. No, but, yeah. you know, you have to take everything. You have to take things into consideration. And Joe's focusing on this, and he's ignoring the fact the black people were citizens in, in in this country, paying taxes uh, in Alabama and couldn't even attend and couldn't even attend the state school. But their well, tax dollar paid for. That was that's part, called that taxation. Was part, that's called taxation without representation. That's part of mm. the case that I, I, we were talking about that was in right. Alabama. So all, all these cases that that came up as a result of of, of the evolution of what began as affirmative action. And you see over the years how they had to steadily go back, 
you know, and redact it. You know, they had to add things right. to it. They, they added, added people to it. They added exactly. They added people to it. They added circumstances to it. They they made it where the federal government, you know, they could no longer just accept white contractors. They also had to accept black contractors when considering um, contracts for the federal government. Um, but mm-hmm. then the women got into it, you know. So all of yeah. the, all of these things were later added into it because. As time went on, more people were claiming the minority status. More people and more, you know, organizations were saying that, you know, um, hey, I'm being discriminated against. See, so it had to go to the Supreme Court. It had to go, you know, and be heard. And they said, oh, yeah, well, you know, we we can't do that. We can't do this. You know, you know so we got to include these folks in. Yeah. So as you look at, and I saw what you were talking about, Beasley, on um, on uh, Wikipedia, but I actually looked up affirmative action history because I wanted to see the legal ramifications for it. What happened, you know, as it evolved over time, legally, what happened in the court. Well, the, the, big, the biggest thing that happened in education was the Alan Bakke case here in California mm-hmm. when he wasn't able to get into law school or medical school. Right. That's the, right. That's the, that's the case and he sued. That was the problem. That was, that's that's the problem. Right. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was like the pivotal, pivotal case. Yeah. Affirmative action isn't going anywhere because now you've got the LGBT community who... <laughs> Affirmative action is affirmative action is not the policy of the of, of the state of California or the federal government. Okay, but the LGBT and and now you can identify. You don't even have to be a member of the LGBT. You can identify yourself as being a, a lamppost, and they're actually and I think in California they're actually making uh, reservations for people who want to identify as <laughs> as, as material objects instead of people. Well, yeah, that, they're, doing, they're, they're doing a lot of weird stuff. Oh, yeah, God. we're not even getting into that. There's a lot of weird the stuff out there. Classified as binary, so yeah. I'm more open-minded than most, and transgender okay. stuff just really just sends me for a loop. Mm. I still well, can't get a transgender. This is this isn't about. I, this is about selecting not only your um, your sex, but you can select your sex, and you can select whether or not. You're a material object or a human. You I'm not even like, here, right? You know, if you're a cow, that's a whole other issue, y'all. We ain't about to get into. And yeah. of, let's bring Maze in so we can get a little bit more Clarification. knowledgeable. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Maze. Hello. I'm giving my, Hello. my opinion on the affirmative action. Uh, There's two different uh, types. One was affirmative action where the person that already knew how to do the job and then one came in because their father knew the person and he wasn't qualified, but the one that was qualified trained him and then he took over to be the supervisor and the other person was just pushed back. And he was That's called, called cronyism. Cronyism yes. and nepotism. And if they take that out of it, to where, where just because of who you know, you get hired, not what you know, who you know. And that's why we have a lot of unqualified people. Because look at what's going on in the White House. Okay. <laughs> and we want to talk about Let's qualifications. Yeah. Uh-huh. From the from the front door to the back door. 
It's the same all the mm. way through. Unqualified people mm-hmm. don't have a clue of what they're doing. So that's when it comes to the qualifications of and the Papa John man. I think it said like this must talk. If you was in his store and he stood up and called you that word, would you do business with him? Would I do business with him? When I, when I, well, would you purchase anything out of his store? It's not a word. That's not a word. It wouldn't bother me because I don't. It wouldn't bother me because no, I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me. So I'm saying, I, 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 I just smile in his face and I would troll him. I would troll him until he didn't know what was going on with his life. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Everybody don't use it. Uh, yeah, you know, pretty, I'm like Beasley. Yeah, I'm like Beasley. I mean, if you like, okay. So I mean, your point is what? My point is that because everybody don't think sure like, look like. Oh, but I'm saying uh-huh. that you don't have to spend your money in his in in his business because you know what he is. Because well, okay. of what? Well, you're right. Right. So it's, it's it's freedom of speech, which he has. Okay. But that don't mean just because uh-huh. you got to spend your money with him, he's gonna go broke. He no, can say that that company as much as he wants to. Well, the one thing he's not gonna do is go broke. You ain't got to worry about that part of it. Oh, but he's you, gonna, you're he's absolutely gonna, right. But see, Maze, I mean, you know, we talk about affirmative action though. But I'm gonna go back and help you out here a little bit with this real quick. You know, Maze, honestly, the the thing is. My point, you know, is how are you going to get up there and crucify this man? Um, welcome, guest 195, into the chat room. Glad you can make it and hang out with us. How are you going to um, crucify this man for using it when the music today has it all up in it? You know, of course, on but the radio, they play the It's, a, it's a different word, Mr. Top. But that it's has a, nothing to do with people that don't use it. No, it has nothing to do with people that don't use the word. word. They upset no, those people too. So, no. it, you know what? It's, it's used in different. It's used in different contexts. No, can I finish? Different contexts. Okay. What, 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 what? One's a word to demean and attack, and the other one's in a, a, it's is it, used as a, a, a term of, of endearment. Well, and some people don't like nobody. Most of the time, really? you know that. You know that's how. But, but, please, I understand what you're saying. I've heard that over and over again. Because that's really, what it is. It, 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 does that make it? That's it is what it is. It's okay to the people that want to use it. It is what it is, and it's used a lot and often. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. You know what? And it's I taken, and, 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 and to tell you the truth, it's and that's probably part of the reason why you can be ambivalent if somebody were somebody of another race were to use it to you because it's taken a lot of the sting out of it. No, I'm not saying I'm saying, but that, that doesn't mean you have to spend money because the people were barcoding. They don't mean they have to spend money with his with his establishment because they don't like it. Yeah, well, because everybody don't yeah. use the word. Everybody person do not use that word, and no. they don't like other, what other people do. But that's their business because they got freedom of speech. And if they want to him, uh, and a lot of racist white people don't use it either. Yes. They use other words. That's true. Like monkeys and yeah. and coons <laughs> and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. But that don't mean that people have to step in their establishment because they use it. That's and then you can't purpose that on the street like Dick Gregory and use it all day long. But that don't mean he wanna do business with the person that's saying it. They don't look like it. But are are we with with making this 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 I'm not gonna say an argument, but we're making that statement right there, aren't we overlooking the fact that even though it's quote uh 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 
used as a term of endearment in the black community, we're overlooking the fact that we still should work toward not using it, period, just eliminating it all not, together. Not everybody, not not everybody eliminate feels it. that way. Not everybody You're not going to eliminate it. If every, if every black person stops using it, you're still going to have them using it. So it's not going to be everybody feels that way. It's embedded in them. They're going to use it anyway. Even if, if, if we didn't say it at all, it'll still be used. Okay, because well, they can't they use, it. use it. Then. Right. But, I mean, yeah, let's, let's look at this. You, you take in the music industry. You know, the, 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 the artists, they use it all, uh, all the time. Like you say, you go, you walk through the um, the hood, you hear it all the time. But then again, nobody's upset about that. You know, even even some white people that live in the hood, they walk up and use it. Nobody gets upset about that. But then you hear somebody just mention it. You know, whether it was in a conference call or training session, or whatever. Now everybody up in arms, and now. There's a problem with it, and I just find that. Cause, come on, Mister Talk, you this is so simple. You know, how could you not understand this? Whether you agree with it or not, is that is that is that people listen? People, listen. I've heard I've heard Jews call each other kikes. Mexicans call each other way. Mexicans call each other way. Italians call each other guineas. You know they they do that. It doesn't get it doesn't get the notoriety of the N word, and I would say it because I don't call it the N word, but I know that you you got a problem with it. People within yeah. a group call each other this stuff. They do that. But he has more inside of him than the than that word. He got other things. That, and the dude, that's and going the dude from him. the pizza place, uh, unbelievable that he's that comfortable. You know it, it's a problem when you're the CEO like a Donald Trump. And you don't have people to give you any real checks and balances. You become a real tyrant. Uh, mm-hmm. That he would talk like that openly. Mm-hmm. And lost his own <laughs> company for it. Mm-hmm. He didn't lost his, his company. He just loses. Well, he didn't lose his company, but he's not the he's not the head. He lost his salary at that job, whatever he had. Yeah, he's losing a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And he I'm sure. A lot of shares. I'm sure the percent. company has some problems. You know, I used to sell advertising print advertising mm. to, to companies and to government agencies that was a, a declaration of their employment uh, policy. And it was just mm-hmm. sort of real simple ads because they were required to advertise that. And then when something like a, like a, 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 a Papa John's, oh, man, we'd be on top of that one right away, calling from the Hispanic publication and the veterans publication and the, the black publication, all the black publications because of this one. And there's, there's budgets for that. The work ain't honest, but it paid the bills. But I'm wondering mm-hmm. the strangest thing. Why we don't? I'm wondering why we don't stand up and call. I mean, corporations don't stand up and call people names like they stand up and say words like that about against other people. Do we have more sense or something? Well, huh? corporate America. You know, also because you've got the people. Corporate America so smart. Yeah. Well, you know what? Corporate America. Corporate America learns to respect the spending dollar. That's what I'm saying. When you don't right. respect it, what happens? You lose business. You lose position. You. you lose market share. You don't. You mm-hmm. get. You can't perform for your shareholders as well. Somebody, mm-hmm. You lose business. Somebody else gets it. And that's what you get with affirmative action. With some people that think that way, because they want. They want to say it because you can't. You, you, 
people tell them not to say it, but they say it because they want to, because it's it's ingrained in them, and always will be. You know what's funny? Interesting. It first it, it first started in 1961, and then got incre- hold again, on for then a minute, got, Hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick, Beasley. Hey y'all, we got five minutes left. We're going in overtime, so if you're not on the phone lines, you need to get here. Three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. We are going in overtime a little bit, so. Come on, conversation's going to keep going. All right, go ahead, B. I'm looking here that Kennedy first signed affirmative action into law in 61, and then Johnson again in in, in, in 65. I guess he increased it uh, or, or strengthened it. But if you think about it, it was probably too little too late because look at all the, you know, riots and rebellion that you had during the 60s before Martin Luther King got killed. And that was all all over the country. So even with those new poli- even with those policies in, it was too too little too late to stop, you know, chaos and destruction, and people that felt like they had nothing to lose. You but, know what Bob uh, Dylan? Uh, yeah, okay. You know what Bob Dylan said? Bob Dylan said, "When you ain't got nothing, you got nothing to lose." I don't even like Bob Dylan, but that was a pretty cold thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And those and 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 the qualification that word qualification is a bull's word, a cold word. Yeah, it they is. weren't qualified, so they shouldn't be here. Ah, right. So the question now, with with all that going on, does that explain why all of a sudden we have the the rash of people calling police on others now? Yes. That is not a rash. That's just getting noticed now that you, everybody's got a camera. White uh, people didn't have it, but nobody, it. you couldn't report Man. it. It was just like, I didn't say that and it went on. But now you can report what they do, and you can see it. You Man, can, I, you feel, can see I feel old. Later. I feel uh, old. When I, was a kid, when, I, when I was a kid, we lived in Maryland for a while. We lived in townhouses, and there were pools, but there was it written into the confidence that the second owners of the townhouse, of the home, couldn't swim in the pool. And of course, oh, some of the second owner. Pardon me. That's just happened. But then when the man would let the lady hold the boy in the pool. They would call the police on us on kids for swimming in the pools, and the police would come and have us leave the pool. So we would just stop huh. going. And then they had another pool. And man, it gets hot huh. in Maryland, man. Money. You know, going to the pool is yeah. your, your only relief. And then huh. they had another pool that uh, you just knew was prejudiced and you couldn't go in. Hmm. And I'm That's sure you're, you're 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 you got a, maybe a couple of days on me, Maze. You know, and that to, the, to that that's just the way them of them enforcing those old illegal laws. And that was Making in 1971, that 1972, 1973. It's called Make America Great Again. <laughs> right. So so if that's the case, why why wasn't there a lot of hoopla? Or, or news coverage about the black woman that that beat the the Mexican guy with the brick, the 92 year old Mexican guy with the brick. I, I didn't go he- back to his country. I didn't hear about that. Oh, we Donald Trump. Exactly. They're probably one of the Republican exactly. women. Exactly, and it happened in California. Yeah, yeah. man, California's sucks. <laughs> they they got fam- yeah. they got families in California now that are directly descended. From before when California was a state. She was a black woman, this was up? Yes, she was a black woman. 
Yep. There's a black yep. woman that beat some man, a 91-year-old Hispanic man with a boot. Her skin was black or she was just a black woman? No, she was a black woman. Okay. African-American. Nah, the yeah, the story, the story, the story goes that she was what the what the guy was out for his afternoon walk, and he bumped into the little girl's daughter, and all of a sudden the mama went ballistic and and started beating it with the brick, and then some black guys ran down the street, and then the story came out that he was trying to abduct the girl, and you know which was never the case, but yeah, that's that, that was saying. And she kept telling him, go back to your country. Go back to your country. You know, well, I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's a hate Why crime. Why heard that? Well, don't some of us carry the rubber flag, too? The man to walk around with the rubber flag, don't he walk around with it? <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. We have to do well, like well, here's, my point. Some of here's my point. Why Why wasn't that as, as public, publicized as the rest of them? They saving them for a rainy See day. See what I'm saying? There's no, no. You know, and that goes to show it, 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 it's, it's, as we said a couple of weeks ago, it's a plan. Because what they're doing, because I mean, if 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 you have whites calling cops on black skin and pools of barbecuing, and you get two or three weeks of coverage on that, then you have this same. It's the same instance, just two people of color basically, and it's like a two or three day thing. And then all of a sudden, you hear anything, you'll hear anything else about it. But of course, everybody assumed. That the woman who did it was white, and the, the victim was black. See what I'm saying? Until the truth came out, then nobody wants to talk about it. And my well, thing is, doesn't that seem a I'm, little fishy to anybody? Huh? Sure, it's fishy. But I'm saying you have some of us want to carry a rubber flag. You're gonna have some of us being thinking somebody need to go back to Mexico. It's just how indoctrinated they are to being stupid. That's what it is? Yes, it is. Hmm. Did Joe leave, or is he still here? Yeah, Joe, Joe, he, uh, he left, or he, he went back into the Oh, Q1. he had to take off. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He had to go attend his goats. <laughs> really? You know, I was missing, yeah, I always mess with him by his goats. <laughs> he had to go attend <laughs> his goats. One was getting a little but frisky. He had to go and take care of it. Oh, are you finished with your pop topics for today? Wow, what else you got to say? No, because I still want to talk about 45 and NATO. Go ahead. Now I want to talk about the Russian spy lady. I want to talk about that 29-year-old. Sound like Monica Lewinsky kind of thing to me. Yeah. Yeah, she was. She was a, yeah, she was. You know, it's interesting. That, that this thing with Russia is going back and forth right now. It really is. But, you know, as, as everybody's concentrating on Russia, you know, um, you have the, you have stuff going on with China as well that nobody's mentioned, like this, these, these uh, taxes and tariffs on, on all this, this food. I mean, all these goods that's coming from China. Um, and it's hurting, it's hurting some of the farmers already. The soybean farmers, anyway, it's, it's hurting them real bad. And you know, the 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 the, the word is it's going to hurt a lot more farmers and things like that. So, is, is there is is there any good reason why he's doing this to China? 
And China owns a whole lot of American debt. So why do you want to antagonize someone that holds the majority of your debt? You see what I'm saying? Where, where's the logic in that? Mm-hmm. But it's a. Come on, I want like to know what you think. Go ahead. The logic is too. It's like it's not about China. It's about the mm-hmm. the the, the possession of other people's goods that they're trying to get their hands on. Mm-hmm. Please explain. Like, if you got some resources that they want, like those pipelines, oil pipelines and different things that they're trying to get, mm-hmm. that's what the whole deal is about. And then somebody in the mix that got, that got duped in this in this Russian thing when he was over there speaking to Putin. I ain't going to say who it was, but now you see things happening. It's spinning like a spin top. <laughs> Look, you know, and we put it, we put listen, it on the, listen, we put it on the episode info. I'm asking you know, this. Putin, 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 Putin is an uh-uh. old, Putin is a old Russian mafia thug. No, Mr. Okay? Talk. Putin is in the way. Putin is in somebody's way. And who do you think it is that that he don't like and they don't like him? Who? Who did he okay. say was going to stay in office? Who did he say was going to stay in office and wasn't going nowhere? Who? What's his I name? Uh, the one he said it was the, the, the is it Premier in Crimea or wherever the place is the man is in office that they tried to get Crimea? out here was trying to move. No, no, or wherever oh, the Crimea? man is in office. Mm-hmm. See. No, 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 no. Know, him and Nin. Let me talk. You watch about, this. Nin Yahoo and uh, him. They don't. I, they don't communicate. Do right. it. No. Wonder why. <laughs> you wonder why? <laughs> I mean Syria. No, it's Syria, not Crimea. Syria. This is what they want. So why do you think they don't communicate? Think about oh, it. Oh, you talking about um, you talking Syria. about um, yeah. um, 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 they get they get what's that man name in Syria? P. What's the boy's yeah. name in, in Syria? Yeah, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, but oh, who's Assad. 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 Yeah, Assad. 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 He's not going anywhere. He's Assad, Assad going to stay where anywhere. he is. And who wants him gone? He's, he's, the United States wants him gone. And and no, 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 um, no. um Israel. Okay. Yeah. And it see, well people don't really, it's all about this oil line that they want to run through there. That's why Russia had to go and get Crimea. Because of the port. See, it's it's more to it than just going back and taking land that we don't know. It's more to that. You know, there's an oil also, line they want to run through there. And I'm interested in his money laundering. And, and, and see, and see, yeah. Well, besides that too, and see, the <laughs> other thing that that that's in this as well is the United States. Now let's look at this thing. You supposed to be fighting against a group. Now you got your quote unquote arch enemy. You know that you done fought with them. You done fought against them. Y'all done blew it to each other, people. Now you just you you both can't decide what you want to do. What 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 kind of war is this that's going on? Mm-hmm. Who can outlast the other? And it's all about that oil line that he want to run through Syria, Libya, and all that up there. But he had to it's go and get about- Crimea. He had to go and get the Crimea because of the 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 um the strategic places where the port and water is. That's why he had to go back and get it. To make sure it was under his 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 tutelage or coverage. And then not to mention that you have 
the mafia involved in this whole situation that nobody is talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's talking about that. And, 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 and that's and that's is how forty five stayed in finance financial uh, bliss as he was coming up through as he got older. That's how he became president. Because he had a lot of that money that came from Russian banking. So you think he really is going to go against the people that kept him in office, that keep his, keeps him in business? No. That's why he can go over there and say one thing, then come back here and tell his dumb behind base anything they want to hear and they believe it. You know, now the push is, oh, well, we're going to invite Putin to the United States. For what? What is that going to change? What is that really going to change? Nothing. I said, like, you're not going to address the issue either, huh? No. I said we're just we're not in. We just might watch and watching them fight each other. <laughs> and see, Mace, you have to understand. It seems it looks like they're fighting each other. See, you oh, they really are. That. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. No, they're putting on a great show. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. One side they're waiting for some money, and one side won't get none. Oh, they all in the money, man. Somebody going to get left that, out the deal. It won't be neither one of them. Trust me. Trust me. It'll be us. We'll get left out the deal. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah you got two will. years of tax break. <laughs> tax break. Two years of tax break. Hey. Yeah, and they well, got life. You know so what? It's, it's interesting what it, because 40, 40% of Americans – that they got a check still say they cannot see whether their check has been increased. That's what I'm saying. Now some people, yes, say, some people say, well, go ahead, go ahead and, and change your deductions. Why well, I need to change? If I'm going to get some more money, I should need to change my deduction. I should see it anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now let's, let's, let's look at this realistically, right? So right now with all these tax breaks and all these changes of corporate law, who's really making the money the gas companies, the yes. gas executives, they making a whole bunch of money. Who else making the money? The bankers, they're making a whole bunch now, too. So they don't have any regulations who, anymore. Yeah, so who's really who's really uh, 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 benefiting? Who's really benefiting from all this so-called tax break and and uh, re what what they call it? Um, regulation, deregulation. It sure ain't me and you, or P. Ross. Yeah, it ain't me. Those are from the Mexican people. Are. Out, That's who's doing it. Look, we 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 still out here struggling. We still out here working hard. We still, you know, a lot of what sixty five, seventy five percent of no, I don't know, eighty percent of Americans still living paycheck to paycheck. I can't I can't go out there and, 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 and hit a private jet and fly anywhere in the world I want to. So who who's benefiting from this? Ten years down the line. Oh, ten years down the line, you're being not really? Because let's be honest, ten years down the line, somebody else is gonna come in and change the whole system again. And then what happens? You be when they wake up and see you tomorrow? Okay. Yeah, about, about four or five when they realize what has really happened. 
you know, and but once again, it's the political system that we have allowed to flourish and, and deceive us for all these years that is steadily doing it to us. Because once again, everybody wants to to, to be on that one side, that one side of the of the, of the floor. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed how in certain elections, if you are independent, you do not vote because it's not set up for you. You have to be on one side, the right side or the left side, as they say. Or you need to be Yeah, if you're out there free thinking for yourself, oh no, 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 you, you, you're not allowed. No, we can't allow you to do this because you throw the status quo off. You ever notice that? Well, they fight to the so death of them. They have well, an election yeah. where they say, well, a primary where they say, well, if you're just a registered Democrat, you know, this is your election. You can only vote Democrat. If you're a registered Republican, you can only report Republican. I mean, you know, vote Republican. But if you go in and say, I'm independent, uh-uh. We can't help you, sir. We see you during the general election. But anyway, I'm waiting to see what this little 929-year-old going to come out with. Them dirty men are messing with a lot. What's wrong with them? What 29-year-old? The 29-year-old. The Russian girl? Yes. Yeah, that girl. That you were, no trial. When they was having that, when they were she having ain't that hearing. She going to make it to trial. And Goma. She ain't going to make it to trial. When uh, Goma was. But I'm saying when when the guy was when they were having a hearing last week when Goma told him how did you look at your wife in the face and tell her that you had an affair with this other woman I think he gonna be next he gonna be t- he gonna be just like New Gingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I hope he wasn't one of the ones that slept with him. <laughs> he had a text too. Well, hey, you, know what? <laughs> you know they got sisters in the closet hey. and when they do something it'll come out. <laughs> Is no but I wanna... secret to me. It's uh-huh. a secret to to it's a secret to the regular Joe. That's who it's a secret mm-hmm. to. Oh, okay. Honestly. <laughs> but I want to see him eat those birds. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Your district, whoever district you're in. But when his closet get open, we want to see him with the same words. He told us man at the hearing last week. I'm like, how in the world? Well, yeah, but well. This, this, uh, what is it called? That show Donald Trump used to have the apprentice. It just move on and on each and every day. Huh? As of the, the apprentice that we're watching out of the White House every day. It's going to come oh. to an end. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you see him come and go. Emma Rose is gone. Look, yeah. Emma The sad part was, is, man, it may not end for another, well, how many been in? It may not end for another four years. Mm, well, the way time flying, it'll be over anyway. I mean, I ain't never seen no time fly like this. <laughs> what is it, well, not July? <laughs> and then it'll be 2019? <laughs> and I'm in a month. Yeah, well. well <laughs> uh, you know, so, we need just a lesson learned. Well, lesson learned to who, though? Who's learning the lesson? So, so what have you got to lose? It'll be a lesson we we'll learn. You, know, you know what? When you when you let when you so called when they end up going to office, that's what you should ask yourself. What do you have to lose? 
Because you lose a lot no matter who's in there. That was the question. I know. He asked that question. Yeah, time to slide. So it'll be like 2020 before you know it, if it go like this year. Yeah. And like I said, be careful. He be there until 2024. I doubt it. Hey, don't doubt it. Don't, don't doubt it. Stranger things have happened. Hey, where you at? Oh, uh, well, Mr. Talk, you need to see the breaking news. They have it every day. No, we hope he don't be another, not foolishness for another four years. That's too long. No, no, we won't have another four years. Now when we get through with this, be President Nixon. Maze, my phone blows up with breaking news 24-7, trust me. So I see a whole lot of breaking news. Huh? You need to see the breaking news where they got him recorded talking. There's always some breaking news on oh, something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it. I saw that too. Where where the lawyer mm-hmm. supposedly recorded him talking, uh, talking about the payment to Stormy Daniels. Yeah, whatever. There's a whole, there's a whole lot know. of stuff that's out there. We just be patient. That's all yeah, we do. Take patience. Be still. It's called peace. Be still, and you will see a happy ending. That's what, what I you see think it. is a happy. ending. It's mm, the same. Be a happy it, ending. Man. You said it, but the happy ending is for who, man? Who is the happy ending? Everybody, the real. Everybody, the real. Okay. It's yeah, every, every season. Mm, just like mm, all this hot weather yeah. we having, it's gonna come to an end, <laughs> and mm. everything gonna cool down and cool off. Mm, okay. All right. That's the way I see ending. it. It ain't bothering me. Yeah, I'm just well, like looking. Good. Huh? I'm just sitting mm-hmm. by looking and like, mm, didn't I tell y'all? <laughs> just be prepared. <laughs> and if you prepare, stuff like that don't bother you. <laughs> okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just see him going to jail like, like flash. Just be, and Beauregard, I don't know where he is. He's probably hiding somewhere, huh? Beauregard? What the hell are you talking yeah. about now, Mage? Jail I call him Beauregard. He's holding on to his job. He's just he gonna be like, he gonna be like new game. He's gonna have doing? nowhere to go. Cause he's gonna be the next one off the apprentice. He's gonna be the next one to be gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> that those leaving on their uh-huh. own, but he gonna be next. Well, that's not that, that's not gonna happen. Okay. Cause if that was gonna happen. That, if that was gonna happen, he had been gone. And mm-hmm. the reason why he's it's- not gonna go because Republicans have told him. If he fired Mueller or he fired Sessions, he's out of there. They've told him uh-huh. that. Okay. So that's why none of them are going. Those two aren't going anywhere. They don't care about he's anybody. Get it. But those two right there, no, they're not leaving. They're not going anywhere. Because mm-hmm. he's, mad. he's well, still okay. mad at Sessions because Sessions didn't want to do the Russian investigation. Uh-huh. So he's still, he's still mad at, at Sessions about that. No, okay. that's why Sessions came out with the, with the hard – the hard law against um, marijuana and drug possession and stuff like that, and and um, the the, the um, border crossing illegal immigration. That's why mm-hmm. Sessions came out with that to appease him. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just going. But, but the, the, gonna... the, the 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 headshed of, of the Republican Republican Party that told him, "No, you will not fire neither one of them because if mm-hmm. you do that, we can't protect you anymore." Yeah, because everybody can't take stress, so some stress going to come down, somebody got to go, so I'm going to be running all over the place. It's going to be like a pile of ants. When you put something on it that they don't like to eat, and they all disappear, scatter. 
Yeah, well, ants, ants work very well together. Trust me. <laughs> they just mount something in a heartbeat. Ants don't it play. Like, so, so you know. but, but we're just looking. I'm not. I'm just looking and just watching and observing. Mm. Yeah, that's what you have to do. And time flying. Yeah. Oh, you Joe left. You say so. so Joe's gone. He you say he had to go take care huh? of his goats. Yeah, Joe, Joe had to go take care of his goats. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought he was gonna stay with us, Dad. <laughs> well, you know, the Joe. We is wanted Joe. his opinion. Joe we can't. Wife. We wanted his opinion. Well, he give it to him. He he give it to him Monday. Trust me. Oh, he's okay. probably still listening. Yeah. Oh, you gonna be here Monday? Um, yeah. That's the oh, Lord okay. willing. All right. I'll be here tomorrow. Um, one more thing. Well, well all right, man. Thanks. I mean, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you. So, there's supposed to be a victory over poverty in the United States. Says, um, he says the poverty has been defeated. There's no more major, major poverty in the United States. Do you agree with that? No. There's no more poverty for the ones trying to steal other people's goods. No. The ones that are trying to get rich out of for the people. They don't, that's the poverty. <laughs> that's the poverty? For them, no, yes. Hmm. That's okay. where I see that. For those that's trying to steal other people's property, explain yep. that, man. If you stealing from other people and you getting rich out of it and you didn't and you got rich as you want to be, so poverty is over for you. So you where you where you want to be, and then you gonna end up losing everything you stole. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I just All don't want to be in the way when they wake. You don't want people wake up. I don't want to. When they wake up, I don't want to be in their way because there ain't gonna be some mad people. Well, how long do you think it's going to take them to wake up, man? I give them another year. I mean, yeah. If they're going to wake up, I give them about six more months. That's soon. Six more months. They're going to wake up. That's soon. So are closing, like left and right. Eventually, you're going to run out, and you ain't have nothing else for them to do. And when they don't have nothing to do, what they do, start jumping out of windows and doing all kind of crazy stuff. So I just don't want to be in the way when they when they figure it out. You know, and, and it just hit me when you start talking about poverty, and you start about homeland uh, help. You know, uh, what is homeland security, health and human services, all that. Who in charge of mm-hmm. all that? That's that thing on. Uh, what's his name? The surgeon, and he in charge of uh, health and human services now. Oh, you talking Ben Carson? Yeah. Health and Human Service. I know you over how's the hood. Okay, man. I'm sorry. It was hood then. Yeah, hood. Mm-hmm. Okay. And his head is all the way down yeah. when you see him now. I'm like, what's wrong with him? He ain't looking too bad. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. His head <laughs> he should be down. Huh? His head should be down. Oh, he should have he gone really all the way up. If he go down with the thinking ship, he's just going to be in there. His wife won't be able to save him. I mean, let's be honest. They gonna get paid for the rest of their lives anyway. So, you know, okay. they there now. They're, they they okay. are there. Yeah, as long as he t- he 
long as he um long as he continues to um uh uh stay in his place and don't rock the boat, he'd be okay. Okay. See, I truly believe that's why Amorosa had to, they had to put Amorosa out. Because she, she realized the craziness that was going on, and she was like, no. Because you notice since her initial toss out of the the, the, the White House and her, her quick um, um, news, news show spiel, you haven't heard anything else from her. Nothing. No. Yeah, because they shut her down. Say, okay, that's enough of that. We we not having that anymore. Mhm. You know. So you know. you'll just sit back and watch this this program. <laughs> what else and, can uh, you do? But then I mean, you have what, a good Friday. Else? Oh, I'm gonna have a wonderful Friday. My Friday has been well, wonderful already. Oh, I mean, oh you going bowling really today? <laughs> of course I is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mhm. Of course I is. That's my fun. Well, all right, it's then. It's in air conditioning. <laughs> oh, okay. It's in air <laughs> We would like for you to get sunburned. Uh, I just found no, that You ain't got to worry about that. Yeah, I've been there. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> make, sure you, make sure you check your suntan lotion to make sure that it's up to date. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, it is. It's called shade okay. inside. That's my well, suntan okay. lotion. That's what I call it, too. All righty, then. All right, mate. Thank you. And as okay. Always, you have a great weekend. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, um, man, I tell you. And then, you know, the, the, her, her, the quickly uh, run through the rest of we had to talk, talk about. NATO. You know, NATO has been around a long time. And it's agreed. NATO don't, does does not, does not, I repeat, NATO does not hold up their fair share of what, you know, they should as far as defending the world. But then again, when you have a country like this one, the United States of America, that has a military budget larger than most of the countries that are a part of NATO, how much do you expect them to spend? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we spend trillions and trillions on our military yearly, yearly. But you want these other countries that barely making it to, 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 to up what they can give when they can. But then again, you know, there's always a plan behind it. And the plan is this. If we can force you to pay more money, then you don't have any money to do anything else. Granted, there was an article the other day. I guess there's a conflict going in in some little country, and 45 had nerve to say, "Well, if if we defend, if we go out and try to defend this little country, then we could possibly be in World War Three." And I thought about that being World War Three. Somebody has forgot to inform 45 that we're in World War Three, Four, and Five right now. I know some of y'all are like, what the heck are you talking about, Mr. Talk? I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. Because war these days aren't is not about tanks on the ground. It's not about boots on the ground. It's not about the planes bombing anything. That's primitive now. The war I'm talking about is the cyber war that goes on 
daily, daily. Now, if you believe the narrative coming out, Washington, D.C., uh, intelligence community, well, we're always being hacked. Well, now there's somebody's always trying to attack us. Yeah, but let's look at the other side. It's not like we're innocent. We have attacked a whole lot of other countries throughout history, and we're still doing it. Yes, we have interfered in elections. <clears throat> Last year, Hungary and Australia accused the United States of interfering in their elections. Let's not think that this place here that we call home is just innocent of uh, of not doing anything. Because if you believe that, you are as naive as a one-month-old baby. And somebody needs to slap the fire out of you. I'm just going to call it like it is. Okay? Because... We started it. The United States and our great friends, we started it. With Stuxnet. But see, you're not supposed to remember that. You're not supposed to know about that. Only thing you're supposed to believe is the propaganda that everybody is trying to attack us. Everybody wants what we have. Everybody's interfering in our stuff. But that's not the truth, people. That's not the truth. Never has been the truth, and never will be just the truth. The the the, the truth. Before before cyber war became a a popular thing, we were doing it. Before before uh, 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 computers and stuff, what were we doing? Boots on the ground, move, removing people personally. Everybody want to blame Clinton for Benghazi. Benghazi was a a, a planned action. Nobody wants to admit it, but it was. But what you have to remember is the United States of America never does anything or allows anything to happen without reason. Contrary to what you may believe or may have been told, Now, for those that may say, well, you know what, you, you just don't know what you're talking about, think about it. They haven't even told you the whole history, the real history of this country that you call home. They haven't told you the whole history of the natives that was here before them. So what makes you think they're going to tell you the truth now about the devil? the devilness and the evil that is going on. Hold up. Wait a minute. They do tell you. But you just think it's a sci-fi movie. Or you just think it's a good, it's a good, good, good um, autobiography or something else. But believe you me, by the time it's, it's on that screen you sitting there looking at, it has happened over and over again. Think about the many different individuals that have been used as guinea pigs. Our military, our black men, our black women, our babies. 
Let that sink in for a minute. But you think, you think we just squeaky clean, huh? The only problems we have is we have an idiot in the White House. We got a bunch of yes men and women. It's bigger problems than that. That's minimal. That's minuscule to what's really going on. Of course. Of course. And that's my point. So next time you hear this 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 big grand speech uh, from the intelligence community and, and 45 and any other idiot that's going to stand up there in front of the camera and that knucklehead that's stand up there every day in the, in the White House briefing room to cover all the lies that the idiot in, in the White House has said, you know, tell you that everything peachy key and this is a no. No. Just think about the lies they just told you from your childhood. And you start thinking about that, you, you really start wondering, dang, what else I don't know about? Hmm. Just think about that. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Pete, you got the inspirational um saying ready for me. Yes, I do. Nah, all right, all right. That I'm talking about right there. All right, well, make it happen. Do the thing on thing. Go for it. And I actually got the title for Maze when she said, what do you have to lose? You know, she said, what do we have to lose? And that is that is the title of, of today's inspiration of poem. And, it, and and this is it. It's at the end of the day, what do you have to lose when there are no options from which to choose? When the choices range from the lesser of two evils, how in the world do you trust these people? When they have exchanged good for evil and have ultimately deceived and misled the people, trying to remake something that was never broken, and every other word is just another lie spoken. How in the world can you have trust in this realized um when you realize all of the tragedy that you've been facing from day to day, just being a person of color, not just from outside, but straight from each other, there is no unity. Now, that's a foreign expression because everyone is out for self and individualism. We forget we didn't get here on our own. We forget that we really can't make it alone. We need everyone to really make this nation great. Even though it was built mostly on the backs of one race, we didn't get here without divine intervention. But we forget that we were forced with hard, we forget that when we're faced with hard decisions. So again, I say, at the end of the day, what do you have to lose when there are no viable options in which to choose? I say, therefore, place no trust in any man. Rather, put your trust in the only one on whom you can stand. The Lord of all, the Alpha and Omega, the I am that I am. That's Leona Ross original. I just wrote it. There it is. I'm on here just freaking out. Oh, that's nice. Oh, my God. And I had to mute it myself. Ain't that something? <laughs> but anyway, that is nice. I like that. I like that. Yes, I like that. Okay, so. We're going to go ahead and put that on the web page, and we're going to put that on um, the show pages, or Facebook page as well. So if y'all want to read it, check it out. Y'all go right ahead, because uh, that's nice. That's nice. Um, other than that, 
that, that's it, man. I, I'm not going to jump on any more um, soapboxes this afternoon. You know, um, great discussion today, great conversation. I love it. I love it. You know, I still say, you know, uh, I'm not going now. <laughs> Maybe Monday. All right, so it's been fun, man. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for hanging out with us. And um, we'll see you back here Monday, Lord's willing. Uh, hopefully we won't have attacks of allergies and anything like that like we did last week. Oh, Lord. But, hey, you never know. All right, so um, just remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at each other. You laugh at, um, learn to laugh at yourself. You laugh at yourself, everything else is crazy, baby. Did I say learn to forgive? But forgive yourself first? I think I did. Sometimes I say it too fast, I forget what I'm saying. But I know what I want to say. So, yeah. Learn to forgive, man. But forgive yourself first, all right? It makes you feel better. Then you can laugh at yourself. That makes it even better. See, like now, I'm just laughing at myself. Y'all just don't hear me laughing, but I'm falling out right now. But it's all good. All right? So, um, we'll be back at Monday. I don't know what the show is yet, but we'll be here. It may be a no-name show, just a no-name show, <laughs> because that's what we do. All right, so we're going to take you out of here. We're going to go ahead and uh, let you hear a little bit more of Mr. Jameson Ross. Y'all have a great weekend. Stay cool for those that's out there in that excessive heat. And uh, see you all back in Monday, 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 Mountain Time. I am Mr. Talk. And for my co-host, Pete Hawks, we say have fun. Peace. Bye. Hey, y'all want to go down home, man? Good time. Oh, yeah. Smell a good time. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm, huh. When evening shadows fall and the sun no longer shines. We're gonna get, get together. We're gonna have a mellow good time.
I took the G-O-B We need a little rest, a little relaxation Come party with me Let your head down It's Friday night Get on your bones down Oh no Get on all for your job Yeah <laughs> oh, Why don't you kick up your feet Or dance to the beat Feel the heat now Come on let's hit the streets <laughs> We wanna party on Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.